hear the, the wildflowers that bloom season after season. And we see these things that God would create. And then we get to the things that man creates. And we, when you get to the things that man would create, I believe we have one more slide there. We see something that at one time would have been very beautiful. It was ornate. It was it was well, well constructed, but over the course of time, when left to its own devices, it began to crumble. It began to fall apart. It began to, uh, to lose its natural beauty. It is not something that is sustainable. And we see the difference between the things that God creates and the things that man is able to create. And we see that the things that God creates are, are able to sustain and they, and they, they grow and they, uh, they're able to go their own accord without corroding like the things of man. It's amazing all of the technology that we are able to, uh, get our hands on today and, and it can do some incredible things, but it's also amazing how fast that technology gets outdated. And it begins to slow down. You have a, a phone in your pocket that uh, eventually it's going to get slow enough because the battery is wearing out or the parts inside of it are, are wearing out. And they begin to corrode and they begin to wear out. And this is just how, this is just how the things uh, that man creates, they work. But we see this not just in this external Thing, but also on the internal. We see the difference between growth that comes from God and growth that comes from man. The growth that we see that comes from God is something that it begins on the inside. God says that man, he looks on the outward appearance, but, but I look on the heart and I begin to do the work and I begin to do uh, surgery on the heart, on the inner part of man. And it's on that inner part that God begins to, to, to change things. And, and as they are changed, he, he produces a, a, a fruit that will eventually come out of that. The growth from God, it comes from the things that are unseen. It's, Focused on establishing strong roots. We see the growth that comes from man that is often externally focused. It's trying to put on a, 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 a display for those around us of the fact that I've got things all together. I'm, I'm okay. I'm, uh, when you look at me, I've, I've, I've arrived or I made it or at least I'm, I'm working my way up the ladder to the place that I want to be. And it's, it's external focus of growth. We see the things that, um, we, we would seek after so that others can see it. We see the, the focus often being on the bountiful fruits, on the fact that when others would look at our life, it's they can see the fruit, but not knowing that uh, that on the inside that there is not the, the 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 roots that are established there that are going to allow that fruit to keep growing season after season. There's a a very uh, uh, 
a very good book called Ordering Your Private World. It's written by Gordon McDonald. And in that book, this man, he states, he says that we are naively inclined to believe that the most publicly active person is the most privately spiritual. So there's a temptation to give imbalanced attention to our public worlds at the expense of our private worlds. That's a very profound statement when you sit back and you, you, you look at the fact of what we are f- focused on. It, and, and a lot of times it's about, you know, I, I want to make sure that others, when they see me, they look at me and say, okay, that person's got it together. That person's not crumbling. That person is, they're healthy. They're good. And so we can, at times when, when we are not feeling that, that healthy yet, we, we can put our, our focus on making sure our, our public front, our public world is, is, has a, a good enough facade on it that others aren't going to be able to see. And, and, and yet, and yet we, we uh, do not focus or, or there are times that we, we lack the, the focus and the balance that's needed for our private world. And in the moment when the external things are beginning to crumble, we, the, the focus ought to turn to the internal and say, God, where are my roots at right now? God, what's going on with the roots in my life? What's going on with the, the private world of my life and how can I get this in balance? How can I get this healthy? God, I, I know that I need to fix the, the, the fruits uh, that I'm, uh, I'm displaying to others, but, but by doing that, I want to focus on the, the root of the problem, the things on the internal. See, the challenge is if you're struggling with anger and you want peace because you see peace in someone else's life. You try to do everything in your human effort through, the, through your own work to obtain peace. And so you begin to move laterally in your public world. And, you know, you, you could say maybe, maybe I've, got, I've got anger and, and I, I see that, you know, this, this person with peace. And so you, you move closer to them and, and hoping that you become more like them or perhaps perhaps you're you're lacking in joy and so you work harder and and you work longer hours so that you can make more money you can take vacations and and buy a bigger home you can be happy and you can have joy and and this is all external focus on the fruits of our life of of you know this is the my path to getting the fruits that I want it's like we have this idea that we can work our way out of this frustration that, that we're in because we see the fruit in somebody else's life and we want that kind of fruit. We see the joy in somebody else's life and I want joy like that and, and how can I obtain joy like they have? And, and may, perhaps you, you know, it's, it's, it's some other area of life but you see a fruit and you want to obtain it and, and you, you try all, uh, all these things to, to, to match your life up to their life. But what we don't see is what's happening underneath. So you see, Someone here in church that, that you look up to and, and you see their fruit that's hanging off their tree and you wonder, you know, how can I have that kind of fruit? 
I want to have fruit like they have. I want to have joy like they have. I want peace like they seem to have. I want to learn to endure trials and patience like that person does. And you can try to pursue all of these fruits, all these things that, uh, uh, that, that we, we read about in Scripture that you would see in, in somebody's life. And we can try to do all these things through our external efforts. But what is happening underneath where the roots are at is really what's most important. But you don't necessarily see the things that are happening underneath. You don't necessarily see the things that are happening in the roots as they're getting established. And you see the things that are happening, uh, th- those things that are happening underneath. Um, they, uh, for, for those who are lacking this production of fruit uh, that they desire to have is, is this result of of sinful fears or, or this, this longings that, that we might have or, or the fact that you know what, my, my priorities are just, they're, they're off. And, and so we're not getting our, our, our feet established. We're not getting our roots established in Jesus Christ. And, and when we want the fruits, the fact is that fruit comes from us being rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ. You can't work your way out of bad fruit, but you can allow the spirit of Jesus Christ to come in and transform your heart. So that then you begin to produce healthy fruit. So your heart is where the roots lie. Your heart is the place. And then when I'm talking about your heart, I'm talking about the place where your emotions are at. The place where, where your beliefs are worked out into action. This, this place of your, um, in your, your inner self where you are taking the things that you believe and you're putting them into practice. Putting them into action so where your beliefs and your actions where they begin to confront one another this is the place where we say i want to have that established right there firmly in jesus christ let my belief in jesus christ turn into action that would be rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ, so that the fruit of my life would be springing up from the fa- from the place where my roots are grounded. See, when we get uh, when we get ourselves so entangled with the world, we can uh, get our roots coming and pulling all these things from the world, all the, all over. Come on, all these different sources, and you might have some roots that are grounded here in Jesus, but if you have a whole bunch of other roots that are grounded in the things of the world and our our, our time and our Efforts are spent in chasing after the things of the world. Going, that's where your fr- that's where your roots are grounded, and your fruit is going to bear evidence of that. I want to go back to that that quote by Norm Macdonald because it's it's possible for someone to have what appears to be healthy fruit, but when you examine it, that fruit has about as much substance as that bowl of plastic fruit that you may have sitting on your mantle at home. And it's not to pick apart somebody else. I'm not trying to, uh, to say that we, we ought to, to look at somebody with, judgmental, uh, with a judgmental attitude and try to say, oh, you're not really all that you're cracked up to be. But perhaps there are some of you who have been trying to pursue public fruits 
by frantically running from this and that, uh, all these different things in our life that are uh, sometimes doing good things even, but you feel burned out. You're telling yourself, I can't do this anymore. No, we can't keep going from this activity with the kids to, to this community outreach thing and then this thing from work and, and, and then I'm going uh, to Sunday morning Bible study and going to Wednesday uh, Bible study and then I'm volunteering at the animal shelter and I'm volunteering here and I'm, I'm working overtime in the, you know, in the midst of all this and, and here we are, I'm trying to build relationships with friends and each other and, and you're trying to produce all of this fruit, all these things, but you don't have healthy roots. See, we have this, this desire sometimes to produce this great big healthy tree. It looks healthy on the outside and we can run around and try to do all of these things when Jesus is just calling us back to him. And that's what this, this month, what, I, what we've been trying to, to focus on with our, with times of prayer and fasting is, is, is getting our, our attention or getting our focus back to Jesus Christ. Getting ourselves Focus back in on, on Him and, and becoming all in on the fact that Jesus is my all in all. That Jesus is everything that I need. Jesus is the only thing that I need. And if I can establish myself in Him, then whatever fruit He wants to allow to come out of my life, you know, whether it is affecting my neighbor down the road and, 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 and being there for them in their time of need or it's there just, just helping my family grow up in a spiritual household or it's just me working on myself and my marriage you know whatever the fact is that that the fruit that is coming out of me coming and and focusing in on my roots being grounded in Jesus Christ that's the kind of healthy fruit that's the way to get the healthy fruit that you're really desiring let your fruit or let your roots be established in Jesus let your attention let your focus not be about Trying to impress everybody else. And they're good things. They're good things that you're chasing after. They're good things that we can chase after to try to, uh, to try to, to, you know, produce fruit in our life, but don't ever let it come at the expense of your relationship with Jesus. We can't. Allow it to ever come at the expense of our relationship with Jesus Christ. Let us be rooted and grounded in Jesus. Here's the key. You cannot work your way out of bad fruit, but you can allow Jesus to transform your heart. And as he transforms your heart, he allows the fruit to come out that you were, that you were desiring all along. Let's go to the book of Psalms. In Psalms chapter 1. We see the, the writer of this psalm here begins. He says, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, that he meditate day and night. He should be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water. brings forth his fruit in his season and his leaf shall not wither whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. But then the ungodly, they are not so. They're like the chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. 
For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of ungodly shall perish. So what we realize is that someone who is experiencing negative, sinful results in their life, that doesn't necessarily mean that, that you're out at the bars every night or that you're living in open debauchery and all these awful things, but perhaps... Perhaps, and, and actually what, what this word ungodly, uh, how it could be defined here in this, in this place in Psalms, is someone who uses someone else for their own benefit. If you're using someone else for your own selfish benefit, then you're being ungodly. Your fruit is not healthy in that case. The, the root of that is, is that you're allowing the advice of the ungodly, the habits of the pathway of the sinners, the seed of the scornful. In other words, the, uh, the words, the leaders of the sinful way, you're allowing those things to shape your fears and your longings and, and to affirm the, the sinful things that are in your soul. And, and that is what's bringing about the fruit that you don't want in your life. See, the writer of this psalm, he creates this dichotomy between the godly man and the ungodly man. Where you're either blessed and you're being planted by the rivers of water. Or you are bringing, uh, and you're there and you're bringing forth fruit in your season. Or else you are allowing the ungodly things in your life. And you're, you're listening to ungodly advice and ungodly counsel and the habits in your life are being formed by the ungodly people that you surround yourself with. And he impresses upon us to meditate on the word of God. Meditate on the word of God. Now that word meditate here, it's not like this Eastern kind of meditation that you may hear about where it's all about sitting there with your legs crossed and, and you're emptying your mind. But when scripture begin, when talks about meditation, it's not about emptying the mind, but rather it's about filling the mind with the word of God. That's what scriptural meditation is about. It's not about me emptying my mind. It, it's, it's allowing myself to pause long enough to, to say, Lord, let my mind be filled with your word and your counsel. And let my mind, God, receive everything that you would have for me right now. So here we are. He says, meditate on my word. Meditate on it day and night. Obviously in the New Testament. This is complemented by the work of the Spirit in our lives. But in order to get the full work of the Spirit that God desires to do, we can't seek after ungodly counsel. We can't go on social media and get all these things that, uh, you know, everything they're throwing out there that, that may seem uh, like good advice to some, but it's, it's coming from an ungodly source. We can't. Get all these things that our, our roots are, are grounded in and pulling from all these ungodly sources and expect ourselves to grow to full maturity in Jesus Christ and to receive all the blessings that God would have for us. See, the, the psalmist, he's trying to wake us up to this reality of the fact that where your tree is planted, where you're planted matters. It says the godly man is like the tree that's planted by the rivers of living water. It's planted there 
where God would give growth and sustainable growth. And, and yet the ungodly is one who is like that dry chaff that's just floating in the wind. And, and they don't have their roots grounded in God. They don't have their roots grounded there. But they're just looking for all these things to make their life better. And I, can't, I can tell you today, there is no way, nowhere that you could look to make your life better than in Jesus Christ. And to establish yourself on the foundation of the Word of God and coming to church and allowing yourself to be established in the community of the body of believers. There's nothing greater for your life than to establish yourself right here where God can come in and he can begin to produce in you fruit that you've been longing for for a long time. The joy that you've been looking for for a long time. God says you don't have to search your job. You don't have to search for more money to get that joy. Come on, let's be satisfied in me. Come to me and I will bring you joy that's unspeakable full of glory come on when we establish ourselves in him you can receive everything that you would ever want you can be completely satisfied completely fulfilled when you establish yourself in Jesus Christ see if you're desiring healthy fruit in your life but you're wondering why it is that you can't seem to ever sustainably grow that fruit for any extended extended period of time, probably should take a look at our roots. A bonsai tree is it's a great example that we can learn from. Anybody ever taken care of a bonsai tree? No? I had one on... I had one for a little while, and I was able to keep it alive for, oh, I don't know, maybe a year and a half, two years, something like that. And then and then it just, uh, I don't know exactly what I did, but it began to, it began to die. That's right. My wife just reminded me. We, uh, it, it was when COVID uh, came in, and we weren't here. I had it here in my office at the church, and I wasn't coming in here every week when we shut down for a little while and I forgot to water it. That's what happened to it. That's what happened. It died. So now I have another bonsai tree in there and it's plastic and so that one's going to last. The bonsai tree though, it's, it's really a great example that we can learn from. Those bonsai trees, they're, they're not genetically engineered to be these miniature-sized trees. That tree was never meant to be that small little tree that you could keep there in your office on a, in a pot. In fact, if you were to go and you were to plant one of these bonsai trees out in nature at the, towards the beginning of its, its life cycle, if you were to go and plant it out there, it would grow to be a normal-sized tree. The same Seed that it started from, if you were to just go and throw that out and, and to you know, let the let nature take its course, that, that tree would grow just like any other tree. But the reason that these trees are miniature versions of a normal sized tree is because of the very meticulous work of someone who was intentionally cutting back the roots of that tree as it began to grow and to take shape. And then that bonsai tree it's it's planted in a small container so that the roots are again stifled in their growth 
bonsai tree, it can live to be 10, 20, 30, 50. I mean, somebody who's really good at taking care of them, 100 years old. They can, they can live for a long time, but they will always remain in that small size. And it's because someone goes through the effort of trimming those roots throughout its life and restricting the environment in which that tree is planted. And the same bonsai effect can happen to many of us. If you're not seeing the growth of the fruit that you want to see in your life, more than likely what is happening is that you're restricting your environment for growth through the ungodly advice that you are allowing to enter into your life, the ungodly influences that, that you're allowing to damage your roots. These things that we would allow to come in that in our roots, they are they're being cut, they're being stifled, they're, they're being stopped. And so there's this semblance of health that's there. And in our, in our life, you look at it and you might say, well, that looks like a healthy tree. But there's a lack of full maturity because you're stifling the healthiness of the roots in your spiritual life. And God's not looking for a tr- whole church of bonsai trees. God wants a whole forest, come on, to begin to grow up here in Kendallville, to be established in Him so that we can go and that we can reach out and our branches can reach out. And, and we see these metaphors of the tree that Jesus uses uh, at times in His parables of the tree that begins to reach out into its community and the surrounding uh, places around it. And it begins to affect everything that, uh, that it is growing and touching. And, and we see that the forest that, uh, that can grow and, and we see the trees that begin to grow and, and they one affects the, the one tree affects the next tree and, and we see all of this begin to happen and that's really what what God is looking for in the church is not a whole bunch of miniature bonsai trees that are contained to that little tiny container but God wants a healthy church a healthy tree that would grow and let its roots begin to spread out and in the forest see that one that one tree that's there its roots go and it begins to get entangle itself in the in the roots of the next tree and then the roots of the next tree and in fact we can really see this in the redwood uh, forest out in california and in these trees that grow uh, just the tallest trees in the world it's amazing to see that the, the root systems of those trees because the root systems of these trees are not root systems that go and uh, dig really deep into the ground, but rather they're root systems that spread out for miles and miles, and they entangle uh, each other or th- themselves with each other. And the tree that's next to it is helping the sustainability of the tr- of, of the, the next tree, and, and then that one's helping the sustainability of the next tree. And so God's not looking for a bunch of bonsai trees where in the church where we are self contained but he wants us to be established in him and for our roots to also go and to help each other in the body of Christ and for our roots to begin to hold each other up and to be there and I want my roots established in the church I want my roots established in the family of God to where I'm here and I'm getting my my uh, sustenance and my strength from God and I'm getting it from my brother and my sister in Christ 
We can't be self-contained. We can't be cutting our roots off. We can't be that or else. We are always going to be the one who's stifled, just like that bonsai tree. See, we're called and we are um, expected here to, as we grow to be rooted in Jesus Christ. So the question is, as we bring this to a close here today, how do you become rooted in Jesus? You make him the Lord of your life. You walk according to the leading of the Spirit. Seek growth that comes from Him rather than growth that comes from man's recognition. Hold tight to the Apostles' doctrine and give thanks to God often. And we use this metaphor of the roots throughout this, this sermon this morning, but here's some very practical things that we can do in, in our life that help us to begin to take root in the things that would produce healthy fruit in our life. We can begin this here today. We can make this decision. I'm going to make him, Lord, I'm going to make you the Lord of my life. And I'm going to make you the Lord of my life. Oh God, he'll take care of the production of healthy fruit in our lives as we put our focus on establishing healthy roots which are planted in him. As our Sunday school classes are making their way back in today, I wonder if we could just close our eyes all around this place. And as you do so, I want you to assess where, where are your roots established? Where are you getting your purpose in life? Where is your time being spent? Where are your resources? Where, what are they flowing to? God, what, what, is it that, what is it that sustains me, Lord? What is it that, that I'm really trying to do? Is, is it more about the external? And am I all focused on the fruits? Am I all focused on, on making sure that I'm doing a good job so that everybody around me sees it? Or am I truly focused on you? God, and as I focus on you, Lord, you'll allow the fruit to come naturally. You'll produce the fruit. God, you'll produce the fruit. Lord, let me never, uh, let me never swap the, the, the pursuit of the fruit, God, for the pursuit of rooting myself in you. Jesus name and Jesus name. Well, let's go all in. Come on in our in our our focus and all in on our in our uh, ability to to say Lord Jesus, I want to come to you and allow you Lord to to be everything to me. And I want you to be everything to me. Amen. I know.